Welcome to the Draft Doctors Podcast, your home of weekly draft content. Now here's Steve, Jono, Cam, and the Statesman. G'day everyone and welcome back to the Draft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fizz. Today we are just admitting it. We are admitting we have no fucking idea whatsoever. Situations which are a bit ambiguous, which wish we had a crystal ball we'd gaze into and demand the answers from. Like, where do you put your tomato sauce? Sato, what say you? How are you doing? Uh, in the fridge, I live in Darwin, it'll be mouldy after day two if you don't put it in the fridge. But if you actually read um, the source label, it says refrigerate after opening. Yeah, only an insane person would uh, keep it in the cupboard. But, I mean, I'd imagine you'd have to refrigerate your Vegemite up there. No, absolutely. You've just got to refrigerate liquid, everything. Liquid goo. <laughs> Uh, very good, very good. Uh, the unseasonable heat. It was 20 degrees here in Portland today. <laughs> it's just absolutely melting, <laughs> melting. Oh, and we need to say it's less than two weeks to Christmas. So in case we forget later on, uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. I hope you have a uh, great time with your families. Yeah, which was funny. We, we got a, um advent calendar for the kids and it's we didn't get it. It was a gift um, sent up, but I didn't know what it was and... I was told it wasn't chocolate. I'm like, oh, that's okay. The kids won't get their sugar bars on. Instead, it's Lego. Mm. So they get these little Lego, which, okay, it sounded like a good idea. And now there's just these shit-ass bits of Lego all over the bloody floor. <laughs> they are the, trampling. Yeah, they're the worst things to step on. So I'm not, I might go back to the chocolate and just deal with amped up kids. And um, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Anyway. No fucking clue. We don't know anything. We want answers. Stato, what do you want answers for? God, so much, to be honest. But let's just talk about fantasy right now. And the first one is North Melbourne roles, especially that midfield. So here's a quick list of the midfield options for the Kangaroos. This is both inside and outside, of course. And there's probably a few more to add on to the list I've got. But this is... Harry Sheasel, George Wardlaw, Bailey Scott, LDU, uh, Colby McKercher, they reckon is going to be an absolute superstar and straight in there. Jai Simpkin, Darcy Tucker, Liam Shields, Dylan Stevens, Tom Powell, Taryn Thomas, Will Phillips, Charlie Lorazzo, uh, Curtis Taylor, and Hugh Greenwood. So that's 15. That's 15 in total. Now, I would say there's... 10 of those that have very valid claims, which is still way too many, but there's 15 in total. So the reality is there's going to be some very underwhelming player scores due to the lack of opportunities. But who is the real challenge? And to be honest, I've got no fucking idea and I do not know how to prioritise these players. And to be quite honest with you, I'm going to be sitting there in the draft, and when a North Melbourne midfielder comes up, I'm going to be a little bit hesitant to press the button and look at someone I feel a little bit more secure with. Yeah, I think it's a pretty interesting point. Like, I mean, I'm pretty comfortable projecting LDU at the top of that tree, uh, and then it gets a little bit murky. There's probably a few guys there who I don't expect to be in the team at all. 
Yeah. Um, is that just going to be a preseason watch? But you know, and and then eliminate players. Like if someone's not playing in the, not getting a run in the midfield, then you just cross them off. Like I think talking to Warney a couple of weeks ago, it was like he's sort of saying, "Oh, McCurch probably might start off half back." If he's playing in the half back line in the preseason, go okay. Well, he's not getting that midfield time. I won't worry about that being in the mix. But we know in the preseason. They tend to throw a whole bunch of guys through there. Exactly right. And we know that the preseason is so limited now because there's, I think there's 62 rounds of the season. So there's not much of a chance for that preseason model. As we saw this year, to be honest, it was such a small sample size for us to work off. And the reality is the season's a lot bigger. They'll be trialling things out because the only opportunity they've got. And they also probably don't want to give everything away either. Yeah. And you've probably got the viewpoint here that because they've got so many, there might be just, rather than a tight group, just have such a big rotation, which impacts the actual ceiling of these players. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Yeah, it's a whole, it's a mess of a team because I was looking at doing the back line. Is it Fisher? Is it McKercher? Is it just... Thomas go back there. Is it um, you know other players? That, is it Fisher? Is it Sheasel? Why do they move him? Is it Goda? And, and it's the so weird thing. Everyone. It's the weird thing. I mean, they're expecting Sheasel to be a midfielder down the track. That that that's what he got drafted for. Um, yeah. And they expect that oh he'll he'll learn his trade doing fifty fifty midfield forward and ended up landing that plum roll where it did so well, while Zeeble and Hall were on the list. Both are gone. Yeah. And they're talking about moving him out. Yeah. So you're going, right, what's actually happening here? And where do you use Taron Thomas? His best footy's been when he's been in the guts. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Tom Powell turned up twice in his first year in the guts. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not high on Tom Powell at all this year. I think it's Curtin's man. Will Phillips. I think he didn't. Future captain when they drafted him at number three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to break it down? I personally have a pretty good feeling about how I'm going to break it down, but um, you might not be as hot on the warlord as I am. Well, he's one of four that deserves a bit of time in there. I mean, Charlie's a young gun too. He just hasn't had that opportunity yet. Yeah. Yeah. Probably some good players up. It sort of reminds me of like the old GWS days where they just had so many guys. Mm. And their quality. Absolutely. And you know what happens here is they start the season really well um, and then they find themselves on a half-forward flank. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. No, you just, you're no just, fucking you're just looking idea. elsewhere. Yeah, no idea. Yeah, it's a good point. I, it's a good. Yeah, I, I don't know about that back line. I think there's value in the back line. Like, you're probably looking at the guys who are going to be later on with DPP. Like, if I guess they'd they'd be the players you'd look at. Yeah, it's just it. It feels like with all these players that let someone else take that punt. Yeah, there's going to be a couple that work out really well, but. Maybe someone else having that risk and problem on their list is better than me. 
I think a lot of them are going later than you would have expected. Like LDU probably didn't have the year we'd hope. Simkin fell away. Thomas lost DPP. Will Phillips didn't do much, really. Yeah. You know, there's good... Like Warlord scored Jack All. He'll be free at the end of your draft. There's There could be some opportunity. It could be. Anyway, I'm, agree- I'm agreeing with you in that I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, we just confused ourselves even more. I'm just looking at the list and I'm oh, but it's like, like there's some guys who can't play inside and there's some guys who kind of just, you know, maybe they're good but others are better and the coach has his preferences. It, anyway. It, is it, I mean, we don't expect them to be brilliant next year, right? No. But, but what if they shoot up and start going really well and you just put all your old blokes in there because you're going, geez, we're challenging. North Melbourne's old blokes. Mm. Liam Shields. Hugh Greenwood. Oh, Hugh Greenwood's not playing. Yeah, I know we say that. So if it, but what happens if they need that sort of strength in the middle? They need that, um, the bull inside to, you know, close down Paddy Cripps. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's not good. Just don't have too many of them. Or yeah. two. Um, so what I'm saying, I've got no fucking idea, Steve. Yeah, very good. Uh, I'll give you a midfield that had 30 players attend to CVA oh, last year. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Who's this? Is it where it's Geelong. Oh, it's Geelong. Geelong. <laughs> Geelong ran 30. I was close. I was halfway down the highway. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> they ran 30 players through the midfield. Um, and that's rucks and midfield. I don't know what they're going to do in the rucks. They got Old Man Stanley. They got Toby Conway coming through. They got Blixarves. The midfield, you know, it was the Tom Atkins show in there last year, which there's no fantasy game, we'll put it that way. Um, but they got Danger, they got Guthrie, they got Brune, they got Clark, they got Holmes, they played O'Connor through there, they got Jack Jag Bows. I don't know what Did you to say do. seriously 30 players? They ran 30, 30 players attended a CBA. You're kidding me. I'm not kidding you. Well, there's some that were just on the VFL list only. I'll give you the... There was some... 30! It was not, well, I mean, there's still Parfit, right? There's still um, Shannon Neal, Sam DeConing, Menegola, Ted Closey, Mitch Nevitt, Tyson Stengel, Brad... Tom Stewart. Tom Stewart had, had a some, CBA. Some he had 24. Oh, no way. <laughs> 24. Uh, Jeremy Cameron, Ollie Dempsey, Oisin Mullen, Isaac Smith, Oliver Henry, Gary Rowan, Brian Myers. Gary Rowan had a Murderers CBA. Row. Johnny, Se- Johnny Seggs. Hey, God bless him. Not just one, he had two. Yeah, two. <laughs> so I just, I don't know that there's any guys who are super relevant for fantasy because. I mean, Blixarves has the ruck status, but most of these guys are mid-only. So you might argue it's not super relevant, but if you're in a 14-team league, if you're in a 12-team league, or even, um, you know, in a keeper league, maybe you're interested. Does Conway take the number one ruck role? Does Cam Guthrie get back to what he was? Um, You know, which of these youngsters... Um, Tanner Bruin, does he get more game time? Does Clark get games? Just those are the questions. Have we have we been questioning 
Geelong's ruckman since they got the the bloke from Richmond? Was it Brad Ottens? Was it Brad? It's <laughs> a throwback. Um, we've, I mean, they've tried some things. They've tried some things. Gold Coast legend Zach Smith, Rhys <laughs> yes. Stanley's seen them all off. That's amazing. Was he from St Kilda? Yeah, he was. Yeah, uh, a forward. So yeah, him Segler, man, it's just been. I think they've been trying to lock down a ruck for a long time, probably since Mumford left. Wow, they haven't really sorted it out. Keep getting linked to Darcy, but I think that ship sailed. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, someone should be good. <laughs> someone. No one was last year. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, look, um, I, I have a bit of um, wariness on on Geelong to where they're going to head, but there is opportunities, right? So the. Um, it's really good for keeper. It's really good for classic. I just don't know how to read it for redraft leagues. And I mean, they're all going to be free, so you can take a shot wherever you want. Mm. But who, who's who's the worthwhile one or two? Because there's going to be, isn't there? I have no idea. I would have said. I mean, at this this point last year, everyone was really hot on Max Holmes. Yeah, and Tanner Bruin. Does it come together for him? Well, he, I, I don't know. I mean, he had no time on ground. He had the role. Did he do enough with it to expand that? He's, he's hitting Paddy Dowd territory, isn't he? So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, Geelong. Mm. Probably take a shot later on, but I don't know. Well, you know, the preseason, I guess, will tell us something, but they could still run a big mix through there. Yeah. Very true. All right. Who else you got? Oh, God, this is a big one, and I'm actually quite confused, but it it might come clearer closer to drafts, but it's how to manage ruck and forwards in this year's draft. So rucks are thick. Um, we get an added two superstars effectively because they separate from each other in Gordon Grundy. We had the two raise their hands last year, um, and become absolute superstars. I think they're one and four in the overall scoring for the year. Uh, and then, of course, we had Sean Darcy put up his hand and say, I'm quite relevant too if I'm playing every game, which can be a bit of a question mark. So it's probably the thickest we've ever had it with all five quite capable of being big 100-plus players. Um and the forwards are just so damn thin. So I have no fucking idea what to do with a strategy yet. So feeling this could well and truly um, dominate the outcome of coaches' seasons, I, th- I think it's sort of at that level of how thin the forwards are and probably the gap between the top five ruckmen and everyone else because if, if um, Tilthorpe, uh, shares with um, uh, Riley O'Brien, then all of a sudden you're going to drop from having a 90 guy. Um, be really interested in what happens with Nank, but whether he can put a full season together, he's probably the only other one that I think is a 90 plus. Everyone else is 70s, 80s. 
Um, maybe Wits, but I don't think Wits is a 100-plus guy, and he's just another year older, so I don't know where he fits. So the gap between Ruck 5 and Ruck 6 could be 15 points. That's that's the distance between them. With the forwards, we're all going to be punting, but there's probably a couple of players that could go well. So how early do you go? So, yes, we can all punt forwards, um, but it does mean that when a run comes, it's going to come hard because people won't want to miss out on a decent F1. So it's almost if you have the turn round four going five. If you go, say, uh, McRae and... Adams, um, you will likely get one of the top four to five or two to um, two to six range of players on the board on the way back because everyone will try and get a decent F1 in round five, round six. So potentially becomes a really strong play if you've got a, an Adams or it could be a Flanders and a McRae. Um, if you don't do that, then you're going to miss out totally altogether of anyone decent in a forward line structure if you are 10 positions away from when the run starts. So I don't know who you've got um, around F11 to F15, but they're going to be your, your F1s. And we're talking Lockie Schultz territory. So we're talking... a. 70 average forward as your F1. You're, you're in trouble with your depth from there on. Um, of course, if you do go two forwards in the, the turn on round four, round five, you're likely also to miss out on one of your top five rucks, which means 15 point drop is the likelihood to come out of that. So although I don't have a, any fucking idea right now. Um, what's going to happen in that first four, five, and round six probably is in that mix, determines of how your squad looks. So there's a lot of thinking to go, and, of course, we're going to be reactionary. But if you don't go early on your forwards, you're going to end up with absolute crap. Your thoughts, Steve? Yeah, you make some interesting points. I probably the the rucks are the hard one, and and this is where since the positions have come out, I'm probably more comfortable with Tim English going pick one, because what are you going to miss out in the forward line? There's there's no forwards going to go in the first two rounds. Oh, I don't like, think there's going to be a forward in the first three. Ah, oh, I think McRae will go in the third round. Okay. Um, but I think. Like you mentioned, like I've got, I've, I've done my rock rankings are right here, so we can actually go through them if you really wanted yeah, to break yeah, down go the for position. It. So I've got Tim English at number one, Rowan Marshall at number two. I've got Gorn at three. So I think Tim English, if you want to go him at pick one, that's fine. I'd expect him to put ten points plus on Rowan Marshall and every other rock from there on. I've got Gorn then, Grundy then Briggs, then I've got Sean Darcy at six, Wits at seven, Nank at eight, Blix at nine, O'Brien at ten. Chariot 11 and Soldo at 12. And and like you said, Stato, everyone from um, Wits, who's at R7, I really see them struggling to crack 90. Yeah. So you're talking a possible 25-point gap 
between English and wits. And we can sit here and say it's really the rucks are deep. All that means is if you're in a 10-team league, your ruck's probably not Reese Stanley this year. Yes, yep. So, But I still think that means there's value at the top. Like, if you miss out, where are you making it up? And that's where last week we're sort of talking about some of these defenders at the top of the tree. I think people see that 100 average on Sicily and go, oh, I'll pick it up and I'll make the difference up there. And I think those guys will start to regress. So that Tim English drafter is probably going to square away some pretty serious value. Mm. But, um, yeah, once I get past R- R6, I, I don't... And even Sean Darcy, I don't really care. Briggs is kind of the unknown. Yeah. He scored really well when he got the crack. Um, obviously, coming through their academy, um, hitting that sort of prime age for a ruck. So I probably could imagine there is some upside. Wits, I'm, I'm a little bit probably a little bit sure because I don't see there being another, like I don't see who's giving him a serious chop out in that team. Like they don't have no. a, a full and, and, and you're not playing Ned as, you know, a second ruckman. He's not a forward. Yeah. Um, and so Nank I've got ro- dropping right off to R8. I just think they'll probably have a split situation. Yeah. And he's also hella injury prone. So the forwards are really interesting. Uh, I think when you get into, like, you sort of, you've cherry picked Lockie Schultz out of the F2 range <laughs> for your argument. Because, like, I look at the guys around him, it's like Jeremy Cameron, Isaac Heaney, Taylor Adams. I'm like, they're not, they're not too bad, man. No, no. <laughs> okay. no well, I reckon, um, I, I reckon Adams is a, he's F2. So I'll he, go McRae, yeah, McRae, Adams, Flanders are probably the three I'm looking at. Yeah, okay, I've really? got Adams at F7, but... Yeah, who's your two? Flanders. Okay. Well, Flanders has more risk than Adams. I'm not saying body, I'm just saying role. Oh, no, really? You think Adams just waltzes in? Yeah, he's thrown in the time. midfield, yeah. Time on ground an issue? Well, time on ground's always been an issue for him. You still average 114 with time on ground issues. What what year is this? Uh, <laughs> 1832. Man, yeah, okay. Anyway, well, that's fine. That's what it's all. That's what that's what it's all about, right? That's I, what it's I think all about. I think it's 2018, but, 2019. The average. Uh, it was. Remember, it was it was uh, a backman. Yeah. Anyway, we get like. The way I look at it is these guys, when you get into the F3 range, like you just got to pick your spots. Like where are you going to rank Mitch Owens? Where are you going to rank Ben Ainsworth? Where are you going to rank um, Jai Caldwell? Take a forward status. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Pretty interested. Um, you know, you're not, you're not picking Charlie Dixon. Like he's coming in with the 33rd best average, but you're not picking him. No. So um, he he's in he is in F four range. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but then I, I, like we're not going to rank him there. We're going to rank so there's so oh, many yeah, guys who go past him. You've got your boy Jack Billings at F seventy four. You've got um, Mackenzie. You've got Joel Jeffrey. You, you've got Harley Reid if you choose. You got all these guys who are super late who could end up as F twos. Yeah. 
Anyway, so interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. It's it's having. I think some of it's having the courage to rank them up there. Yeah. On Philippou, where does he go? I feel like I'm going mid heavy and strong. I, I think everyone will do that. Mm. Which leads me to believe that Tim English is a good pick at number one. <laughs> Does Finn McRae get games in the midfield? Mm. Does Elijah Hewitt get midfield time? There's a lot of late forwards, man. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, uh, my next midfield that I want to talk about is the Richmond midfield. Yeah. Uh, what's his chops? Ooze. The ooze. He's oozing uh, ambiguity. With his recent statements, with there will be position changes. <laughs> there will be position changes. Uh, he's potentially Jacob Hopper will see the field. That'll be one of his big changes. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's an interesting midfield to look at because I think everyone's kind of predicting they're on the way down. Tim Tarano um, obviously had a good fantasy game, but the kicking was garbage and we've seen these guys get less midfield time if they don't use the ball well jacob hopper you probably know what he has to do but um mrs games Dion Prestia, mrs games you got shay bolton it's just you know i love watching him play I, and he's got forward status does dusty get back in with his forward status i could see both these guys they're both guns when they're in the midfield mm. um i know they're valuable close to goal do you get some of the other guys who will um is there, is there young talent that can get a game? Does Jack Graham get that coveted midfield time that was often spoken about in years past? Who is Jack Ross? These are the questions, Stater. Exactly. I'm reasonably certain he was the star of that show, uh, 24, the title character. <laughs> so... A lot of question marks. A lot of question marks around Richmond. Um, and like, a, like you know, poking fun at me and all that, it's fine. We do the early top 10s. I just can't. I'm just... That 43% <laughs> effective kick rate is really starting to... Bite. You know, it's keeping me awake at night. It's like <laughs> 2 o'clock, getting up to take a piss in the middle of the night. It's like, really? 43%? 43%? That's not much. That's pretty bad. When yes. you, you stack it up next to noted poor kick... Um, Warple, who went at like 66%. 60, he's 50% better. Warple is 50% better. That's not good. It's a good way to look at it. Uh, yes. I, thoughts? Where do we do with these guys? I'm, I'm comfortable with Taranto. Um, we know his role. We know what he's going to do. I struggle outside of that. Um, I... Shy Bolton's got forward status, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so I'm, I've... I... Yeah, I'm comfortable with him. Um, so they're probably the main two that I'll target in in drafts, to be honest. Um, I don't know where I sit with anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, and so Martin's coming in with the second highest average for forwards and oh, Bolton wow. the ninth. Yeah, I just think the, the thing with their change that, you know, someone like a Bolton probably needs to get more time. Yeah. Yeah. And Dusty had no time in the midfield last year. Well, didn't start there, I should say. Yeah. So 
but that Ford status, if either of them get a massive tick up, that's where I think the conversation is interesting. Yeah. So very true. All right, this was a bit of a short and sharp one. We recorded it a week ago, Stato. You put the call out for questions. Do you want to go through them or? You no, you go? can go through them, mate. All right. Well, I will bring them up. Uh, Richie, did both Jed Andersons get delisted or just the one? <laughs> Very good line. Well done, sir. Poor Jed. Uh, Jacob, F1. Who is the F1, Stato? Well, don't we? We agree, McRae, right? I think we're a bit more confident on McRae. Is it just a case of like he's left a bad taste in people's mouths, so they're a little bit down on him? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he is coached by Bevo, so you know what role is he actually going to have? Yeah, uh, Dangerfield, uh, Bevo, Bevo. Yes. <laughs> yes, we have no fucking idea what he's going to do either. Was it this year people, someone questioned him on it and he was like, I only regret one, one move. <laughs> Come on, man. Surely, surely there's more than that. Um, Nuffington, Clayton Oliver. He has no idea about Clayton Oliver. Yeah, well, he hasn't had a great off season so far, but look, it shouldn't have impacted his training. So there's every chance that Clayton Oliver comes back bigger and better. Um, I reckon he was best player in the competition up until around about round six, seven. Probably. Uh, Russ, how was your work? Russ is not regressing from last week's part. How was your work Christmas party, Stato? Who was best in ground? I actually have no idea, uh, only because I had a reasonably early night and well and truly behaved. Um, so I only had the one drink. So, um, no, I was just doing the, the right things, mate. So I don't know. Uh, it was enjoyable. It was relaxing. Uh, but I don't know who was BOG. Uh, also from Russ, where Longmuir plays young and who he puts on the wing? Well, it's going to be interesting to see if Sharp, who's just got a lifeline in his career, just gets that role straight off. But you've got Nod as well, haven't you, Nathan O'Driscoll? Um, so the two very sort of similar players. Um, so I think they're fighting for the one spot. And I think we're all squared away that Young's going to play midfield, yeah? I think so. It was interesting seeing um, Rasmus come out and say he wants to either play in the guts or forward. No wing time. Wow. Did he say no wing time or just said guts forward? Guts forward. Yeah. Bold. Yeah. I'm not an outside player, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Toby B, do Saints continue to be the best fantasy team? And easy way to check which teams are the best and worst point scorers. Well, that's easy. You just go to the stats page. Yeah, it, it covers it pretty clearly. Um, Saints, no, I, I wouldn't have thought so. Um Western Bulldogs, they're just game style, just suits scoring, right? I think the Saints just took a lot of marks last year. Yeah. And a Ross, Ross team's always going to have good pressure. Yeah. They're going to have high standards. Yeah. Yeah. Marks can marks can be a sticky stat, Stato. Yeah, very true. So, interesting one. Um, Dan, most worried about the buys. Feel like a few leagues will disappear because of them, including ours. Dan, don't say it. I hate to hear it. 
No, don't say that. Um, I, I actually like the this. They're stretched out this year, effectively, aren't they? So if you if you miss round zero, um, the opening round, start round one, um, you, your buyers are actually stressed out. Um, I think there's only one round where um, the the normal buy rounds are in full effect, if I recall. I could be wrong. Um, but if that's the case, you'll have the least impact in, in your draft game. Yeah, I would... You know, Stato, this is the sort of thing I would have blown up a few years ago about, but I'm older and wiser. Yeah, finally got you on board. And you know what fantasy footy is all about? It's about friendship. It's about mateship. It's about mateship. That's right. And you just play the game. It's about Blink-182. Who are they? Yeah, exactly. Who are they? Well done. That was a trap, but you didn't fall into it. Well done, sir. We're not wasting time on that one, Stato. But I will say, um, don't people don't get negative on change because our whole lives change. It always does. Hundred uh, percent. We get older. Technology changes. You don't see yourself spitting the dummy when you go and buy a brand new iPad, iPhone, TV. You're actually excited. You beauty, I'm keeping up. It's things change. It's good. Variety's yeah. good. Yeah, spice it up, spice it up. My league's a little bit down in the dumps, but uh, I've pledged to attend the draft this year, even though I hate the fucking drive, but just to keep it together, to keep things going. Yeah, good man. Uh, Milne says, the Suns, can Will Powell go 95 plus and does Took get bumped from the mid-rotation enough to get DPP status? I'd love to see what happens. Gold Coast Suns are a big watch in the preseason, right? to find out what's happening, what's the game style, uh, who's got the the mid-time. I can't imagine Took the running power he's got in losing CBAs, right? I wouldn't have thought many. He's their best defensive mid. Like, yeah. What would you take him out? Yeah, um, he's just... I, I know I floated that he has a bit more forward time, but I just think that's um, an evolution of the side with guys like the Hump Daddy needing a little bit more go. Um, and and I'm I'm wary on the just because it's Dimmer and Jaden Short was a good scorer at Richmond. Um, it doesn't mean this is happening. So I, I think we need to just have a really good eye. Um, um, Will Powell, I, I think he's got some scoring power in the right role. So yes, he may, or can he? Yes, he can. But it just depends on what the game style is going to be. Yeah, I don't know about 95-plus, but I think he'll be a fantasy-relevant player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but can Kamish, he do it? Andrew... Yes, he can. Uh, he showed it with a ceiling. Yeah. Uh, Kamish Andrew Dillon outstubiting himself. <laughs> shade. <laughs> shade. Um, word? No. Outstubiting. No. I like it. <laughs> no. Sam Anderson. Fantasy in general, it would seem. No idea about fantasy. We all feel that way sometimes, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, very true. Chris, what midfielders will get forward status? Petraka plus who are on the cusp? God, I reckon Petraka spends more time in the midfield. They're actually a little bit thin there, to be honest. 100% agree. Yeah. 
I think with the show with Warney a couple of weeks ago, I uh, mentioned a few. I think like Titch, Chad Warner, Dave Swallow. Yeah. Yeah. I'd look at the teams who need to expand their midfield. Yes. Hawks would be one. North are probably another one. Carla, the lack of flexibility in the draft format to cater for buy rounds and keeper dynasty leagues. Are there any likely improvements to the platform to ease the anxiety? Um, I thought there was a lot of flexibility with the buy stuff. Um, uh, I know um, that there will be um, a fair bit of work in upgrades for 2025. That's the... The, the feeling I get, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of changes with the draft model. There's still, and except this, there's still very early days in, in all of that. You might not have round zero as an option, maybe. Yep, yep. So I'd prepare for that. Yeah. Anyway, those are all the questions. The last uh, there is one more. Are, oh, there pa- is one more. Pack and send, a north and bullies midfield rotations. So we talked about North. What are your thoughts on Bulldogs? Yeah, it's it's probably an interesting... It's a good, fair enough question. I still think Libra and Bont are going to be squared away. Yeah. Pretty heavily. I can't imagine McRae doesn't get at least 50%. Yeah. One or Him or Smith has to. Yeah. Surely yeah. The, the Caleb Daniel experiment has to end. Yeah, you'd hope so. He needs to go on the halfback. He also put a ruck roulette. We sort of talked about that before and probably the divide from the top five elsewhere. And the impact of new coaches on their respective midfields, and you are spot on with that. We always need to keep an eye on what the changes are. And um, You only have to look at GWS. Weren't they in the in the, the doldrums at the, the end of the Ferrari driver? Um, tenure and then just bounce back strong this year. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Full talk also throws in the Tigers midfield, which we just spoke about. So, yeah. Jack Graham. Oh, Thompson Dow. Now, there's a name that we didn't pop up before. So, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see. I was expecting him to be the better Dow brother, um, and it just didn't happen last year. So. The changing of the guard would be interesting to see what his preseason's like. Yeah, fair enough. It's a um, few question marks. A few question marks. There, I mean, Samson Ryan. I mean, if Nank goes down, whew, got the forward status. Yep. And he scored so well for us last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Samson. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Cumberland. What happened to him? Didn't happen. No. Anyway, a lot of questions, and hopefully we'll sort those out over the preseason uh, as we march inevitably to Christmas. Stato, what does Christmas in the top end look like? Uh, I'll be overseas, so I won't know, to be honest. Um, So we may have to miss a pod the sort of Boxing Day one um, unless um, Steve does a solo. Oh, everyone loves the old solo pods, don't they? Yeah. It's one of their favourites. Yeah, we, I did I did get a lot of messages going, is Steve okay? Right. <laughs> Even talking to Warnie, he was just like, 
He didn't say it, but he just, yeah, the Solopods got, they were a hard listener after a few weeks. <laughs> got a bit deep. Yeah. Took, took me down, it took me down a peg or two, State. I was like, shit, I thought I was hitting my mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it might, it is a bit different when you haven't got someone to bounce off, but if, if you're going down an angle, you haven't got someone to save you when the angle's not going right. Does that make sense? So even though you might be playing something that in your brain is going quite well, and just remember, every great stand-up comedian's bombed. So Seinfeld's bombed. So you might be thinking, I've got this great line that I'm going. When when there's a pair or when there's three or four, someone can save you and just move on. Like, stop saying Blink-182 is a great example of that, Steve. And Warney should have done that a few weeks ago. But um, when you're solo... You can start digging that hole deeper and deeper and deeper. And if people aren't on the journey with you, they start to get a little bit worried. Yeah, it's a good point. The uh, the twelve minute build up to a punchline that doesn't yeah, that doesn't land in a, in a pair. That's so much better. <laughs> so much better in that situation. <laughs> yeah, the payoff. It's all about it. Anyway, listeners, <laughs> oh, Solipod, book of two weeks. <laughs> Christmas, no one will be listening. All right. Maybe they will. They'll just be in a fucking food coma. So we might miss one week in between the the Christmas and the New Year's, but I think other than that, we'll, we'll keep pumping them out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.